This is Chris Roth here with Bushido Squirrel with your weekly knock activism wrap up. Today we're going to be talking about coronavirus, some interesting votes that went down with the LA Unified School District Board, uh, and then we're going to be jumping into some details about what's been going on with some crazy corruption stories out of City Hall and just some general protest notes. Uh, we're also going to be joined by definitely Albert Corrado uh, from People City Council, No Olympics LA, and I believe Latu, but uh, I don't want to speak for more on that one real quick. But the uh, we're hoping to be joined by Richie Serjenko, also from People City Council. Uh, however, Richie has not been returning our phone calls, and we are going to drag him for sleeping through this yeah, podcast if, recording. If you know Richie, tell him to wake the fuck up. Exactly, yes. Because <laughs> he has been told, wake the fuck up by at least three people this morning, and shit ain't happening yet. Uh, but yeah, first, let's, uh, before we get into it, uh, how's everything going for you, Bushido? I'm fucking tired. A, a so, um, <laughs> yeah, I ended up at a protest in Beverly Hills last night, uh, which for like for 90% of it went fine. It was very peaceful. Beverly Hills PD was playing nice, blocking roads and like keeping traffic at bay while the march like did its thing uh, towards the end of the march. Like it was supposed to go from seven to nine. And then after that, uh, the protest uh, decided to move into the residential neighborhoods of Beverly Hills, kind of up up Rexford, which is right by City Hall uh, and have a little street party. Uh, Beverly Hills PD decided that 1045 was as late as they wanted to let that go, rolled out an armored personnel carrier, an LRAD, a bunch of guys in tactical gear against peaceful protesters. Uh, arrests were made, none of them super violent, but at least one protester did require EMS to be called uh, because he'd been slammed to the ground by Beverly Hills PD and lost consciousness. Uh, no word on how he's doing. It seems like everyone who was arrested uh, was taken to pretty much the Beverly Hills station, cited and released. Um, but yeah, like all in all, a really good action. A lot of like really passionate organizers and protesters out there. Apparently there's an Occupy style thing happening at Grand Park. And just to show you how big this freaking city is, that's been going on for weeks and I'm just learning of it. Uh, so I'm going to go check that camp out. Uh, you can too, just go by Grand Park, you know, see what's going on. They've been showing some movies, doing some teach-ins. Uh, they're looking to do more and obviously hold the space for a while. Uh, it's being run by a group called the Black Future Project. You can find them on Instagram at Black Future Project. And other than that, I'm just trying to wake up before we uh, do the news. And uh, it's, it, it, it just don't stop, Chris. The news, it won't stop. But anyways, no. how, are, how are you doing? How, how's uh, your Saturday morning going? Oh, it's, you know, it's, the, it's a thing. Uh, the, the news, you are correct. The news does not stop. Um, I do remember hearing uh, things about there being some kind of an Occupy protests setting up someplace. Um, I had not realized it was at Grand Park. But also, uh, we're, we should be practicing social distancing and being on lockdown because uh, nobody is treating this pandemic seriously anymore the, the and graphs we'll, they they look really bad i guess let's just hop yeah, right into that not just here yeah, in california just but across the nation uh my uh home state if not birth state of arizona is leading the nation uh which is it's had the distinction of being one of the hot spots because of uh the navajo nation in arizona but cases there are just blowing up one of the city council members in scottsdale was caught on camera doing a, a bit of a racism complaining about having to wear masks <laughs> While, you know, coronavirus cases in the state of Arizona spike through the roof, yeah. Texas is going back on lockdown. Florida is also spiking through the roof, but not going on lockdown. And apparently Eric Garcetti is all very upset with us for doing what he told us to do and going out to the restaurants and bars. So mixed messaging from Garcetti. 
Uh, but coronavirus oh, yeah. doesn't care about that shit. What does it care about, no, Chris? Corona, coronavirus just wants you. It wants to feed on your your life and destroy you. Um, here's what we've got for the new cases for California. Um, uh, this 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 is definitely not flattening the curve, other than uh, potentially flattening as uh, we approach a a vertical asymptote uh, for all y'all. Math, they meant math to heads vertically flatten it, like like this, Chris. Like that's flat too. It is technically flat if you approach infinity. Um, oh, it's bleak. Okay, Zeno so be damned. Uh, yeah, oh, God damn it. As of 10 p.m. last night, we are now up to 206,811 confirmed cases of COVID-19 in the state of California. That is 35,914 more in the past week, which is more than a 50% increase week over week. So a methodological question. Is this just due to the fact that more people are being tested? Uh well, I mean, more people are being tested, and they keep blaming things on the uh, Gazuntite. Thank you. Uh, they keep blaming things on the, um, you know, the the backlog of tests and everything else. Um, somebody, somebody in the comments is saying that dropping asymptote before nine a.m. on a Saturday <laughs> means that we deserve rewards. Uh, <laughs> I spent I spent so much money studying philosophy at USC. I will take any material reward for that. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, no. So there, there. It could. This could be a methodological thing, but I believe that testing has actually kind of slowed down. Uh, anecdotally, I was hearing yeah. from one of our our, our organizing colleagues um, that when they went to go get tested at Dodger Stadium this past week, uh, which is something that he had had done m- multiple times, it was significantly delayed. Uh, and took a lot longer to get through that process than had previously been the case, and that there were a whole bunch of cops now involved. So well, I'm hearing that you can go to some walk-in centers that aren't being paid for by the city and get tested pretty quickly, but it's kind of up in the air as to whether or not you have to pay for that out of your own pocket. Uh, so gotcha. it's kind of it's a mixed bag. Yeah. Well, a short story on that is that I don't know uh, if yeah. there's been a methodological change, but next slide. I, mean, I, think, I, I think the answer is no, it's not because there's more testing. Yes, it is because there's just a lot more cases. I That would make sense to me because you'd have to be doing a shitload more testing. And I don't think that I do not think that they have ramped that up uh, nearly to the degree that would match up with or correlate rather with. Uh, the spike in confirmed cases. Yeah, uh, that is, of course, across the entire state of California, um, and this is uh, also the the deaths by day of uh, the state of California. Um, we had, uh, or jumping back to the cases really quick, there were 5,700 new confirmed cases yesterday. Uh, for a little bit of perspective, last week we had uh, 3,665 new cases. Um, we are now up to 5,867 people who have died in the state of California due to this virus. 62 of them uh, died yesterday. It is fucking bleak. And right back into Los Angeles for that local shit because yep. uh, Alfresco bullshit Mark II is currently in the works and Garcetti is getting on that mixed messaging train as you were referencing earlier of wants us to go out and spend money at restaurants simultaneously says, don't leave your homes. Oh my God. What were you thinking? It, it's, it's crazy. A, it's a test, Chris. He wants to see if we can resist <laughs> the temptation and we're failing miserably. We're letting Meg down. Yes, we folks. Are. We're uh, making our mayor <laughs> sad. 
Oh no, whatever shall we do? Uh, yeah, we're up to 93,391 confirmed cases of COVID-19 in LA County as of uh, last night. 1,814 of those confirmed cases came yesterday. Uh, we are up to 3,269 deaths in the county due to the virus, 22 of them yesterday. And just and again, as, a, and again, as you can see, Los Angeles County is 25% of the population, more than 50% of the deaths. That says a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, we are now at least below 50% of the cases, um, but the 50% of the deaths problem is extremely uh, dire and indicative of just how gross the uh, disproportionate impact of this virus is on, uh, you know, working class folks and people who have been, you know, pushed to the side by our white supremacist system of government and economic development. Uh, yeah. It's it's fucked because the, and this is one of those things that, that comes up and ties in with, um, you know, the the housing debates of like I'm, I'm fondly recalling all of those housing debates with like California Yimby and all those fuckers. Where like they would be like, oh well, the the cost of housing in San Francisco is so much higher, so y'all in in LA need to listen to us. And it's just like, yo, you do realize that the housing costs in San Francisco are higher, but also so is like the median income. Like y'all yes. make a lot more money and are able to then spend that money. So when it comes to like a cost of living versus an income ratio, LA is in a much worse much worse position well, and, than anyone up in San Francisco. Well, and also just the the geographic sizes and how you delineate these yeah. boundaries. San Francisco is much smaller than LA, and like the borders between San Diego, or San Francisco, and like other cities around it are like much tighter than they are. So like, it's it's not really an apples to apples comparison. But I would say before we move on, uh, we have to couch this within the framing that the CDC just gave us that based on their antibody testing, cases in America are ten times higher than what is being reported 10 times so we don't have two and a half million americans that have gotten covid we have 25 million americans or seven percent of our population that have contracted covid at some point since this outbreak began around the new year based on what we're hearing as far as when the first people in california first people in the u.s were diagnosed and passed away from covid so you know these numbers are kind of insane. And I, I'm not sure if the deaths are going to track with that, but we do know in places like Southeast LA, where there are a lot of folks who do not speak English, who do not have documentation, who are not engaged with social services and testing as well as we are over here on the wealthy west side of LA and the wealthy like central corridor of LA, uh, that like these cases are, it, it's a lot higher. Like we're looking at not 200,000 Californians, we're looking at 2 million. This is not a great trend. At the same time, I guess it is, sort of a good thing that cases are higher, but deaths aren't also spiking with that. But as we found out in New York, there are a lot of people who are passing away and then not classified as dying from COVID until later yeah. on. And COVID is so vicious on your system that if you're someone like me, who's a type one diabetic, you're immunocompromised, you survive cancer, whatever, the chances of you getting sick and passing away are far higher. And it may not be linked to COVID because there are other things like you might get over COVID, but then the knock on effects may cost you your life. And they aren't necessarily yeah. counting that as a COVID-related death. So as yeah. the, the world gets better at dealing with pandemics, at charting these numbers, at like working with this data, I'm sure in the next five, 10 years when researchers dig into all of this, we're going to have some eye-opening findings and some eye-opening results. So keep wearing your mask. Don't go to any fucking bars. Just stay home. It sucks. I know. I've watched through all of Hulu, too. I've watched all of the internet. All of it's just <laughs> a, a rerun for me. But guess what? I'm going to watch it for a third time because... Uh, I, there's no reason to go out at this point. Just hold on. And if you have to yeah. go back to work, 
unionize your, your fellow co-workers, get your management to give you some protections. We have power in numbers. We have power in the streets. We got to keep up this fight. But let's, uh, let's go ahead and switch our, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and switch our focus to uh, LAUSD. Uh, exactly. specifically around the issue of policing in schools. We know that Los Angeles is one of the uh, most ridiculous places for the school-to-prison pipeline. We have so many police officers in our schools. It's an absolute nightmare of dystopian proportions, especially when, like, that L.A. Times article from 2014 has been going around again about the LAUSD police giving back their armored personnel carrier um, the fact that they ever had one in the first place, the fact that they had oh, no, grenade no. launchers in the first place. They kept the armored personnel carrier. They gave oh, back the grenade launchers. Thank you. Yes. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, great. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, so so what we saw this week uh, on Tuesday was basically uh, – or sorry, Wednesday was we saw LAUSD um, – pushing for, uh, no, it was Tuesday. I'm sorry. We saw LAUSD voting on th their board, rather voting on three different proposals yes. to get police out of schools. Now the, the most radical proposal was from Monica Garcia who wanted to phase out the school police over the next four years. Uh, Nick Melvoin and, um, uh, Jackie Goldberg. God, I, sorry. It has been, it's been a long day folks. Uh, been, but Jackie yeah. Goldberg and Nick Melvoin also put up a, a less, week. a less like dr dramatic proposal, uh, and then the third proposal, I, I haven't really done that much research into. It was the least interesting of the three. None of them managed to pass. All seven members could not come together to pass a single one of these proposals, which is absolutely bananas. Uh, it, you know, LAUSD's board generally isn't that fraught or like contentious, but boy, the keeping the police in the schools is apparently splitting them up in some way fierce. Now, Black Lives Matter obviously showed up. Uh, to voice their support for defunding LAUSD police officers. Thousands of Long people in the street. Deserve. Yeah. yeah, and UTLA also voted to get police out of schools. Like, the people working and active in this space want the cops out of schools. Like, that's not a question. Even the people on the board apparently seem to get it. They just can't figure out how to get there. Uh, but what I'm hearing from the LAUSD board is they really enjoyed the protests, and they, they want us to keep showing up every single fucking meeting until they defund the LAUSD police. Uh, so, oh, yeah. and we spend an insane amount. There's a knock article that we'll go ahead and put in the description that John Motter wrote, uh, two years ago, I want to say, looking at the LAUSD school budget alone. And it is millions of dollars a year that could be used for education, for special education, mm -hmm. for doing literally anything except keeping armed, like maniacs with guns inside our school to deal with disciplinary problems and treating yeah. every single student who walks in the door as though they are like a potential murderer. And obviously, you know, this doesn't track. Uh, all over the city. Like if you're going to a public school in Brentwood, you have a very different relationship with your school resource officer than if you're like at Dorsey High or if you're down at Jordan High School in Watts. Like yep. we know that this is an incredibly race-based and economically based system. And we know that the people who are already in over-policed, over-militarized neighborhoods are the ones facing the brunt of these officers. So uh, hopefully LAUSD gets their shit together and can come up with some sort of proposal. It's probably not going to be enough. You know, things tend to drift towards the middle in these kind of committee scenarios but we're just going to keep pushing and let's not forget LAUSD shut this city down they can yes. totally do it again um and you mean UTLA UTLA thank you god again tired sleep <laughs> brain no work well, good, so no sleep for 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 some more context here Gina has uh, uh hopped in the chat because Gina is our, our one of our very regular uh uh, listeners slash watchers over on, I believe, Periscope, judging by the icons here. Uh, <laughs> Gina's pointing out that this that L.A., the Los Angeles 
School Police Department is the fifth largest law enforcement organization in the state of California, yep. which is truly horrifying. Um, but I also wanted to touch back really quickly on your comment earlier of everyone should stay the fuck inside and not engage in, in you know the usual day-to-day things. This is the counterpoint to that. Get the fuck out on the streets if you can. If it is safe for you to do so, if you are not feeling symptomatic, get out there, mask up, bring hand sanitizer, stay as distanced as you can from folks, but at the same time, be on the streets because this is how we show them that we have the fucking power and this is how we force them to make changes. So um, it was... Apparently, a, a series of extremely rousing speeches from uh, Joseph, who is a, a core organizer with Black Lives Matter and at the at the center of the Students Deserve movement here in Los Angeles. Joseph is unbelievably powerful uh, on the mic. He knows how to get a crowd going. Uh, just an incredible public speaker and amazing in every possible sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we had thousands of people out on the streets again in front of the LAUSD uh offices for for this for this meeting and yes get out there be on the streets show them that we have the power and let's force them to actually pay attention and to make the changes that we really need to be seeing here in the city of los angeles the county well i guess lausd is the 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 county rather um but anyway get the cops out of the fucking schools there's no reason for the cops to be in the schools um one other thing i was going to point out was that uh the proposal, the proposal from Monica Garcia was actually pretty fucking radical. It was pretty great because uh, my understanding is that it would have drawn down the police budget in the school district by 50% the first year, 50% again the next year. Uh, so it would have been to 25% of its normal state at that point. And then every year thereafter, it would, it would decrease by 10%, which is amazing. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's just – it would have been so good. It would have been yeah. so good, and they couldn't fucking do it. But – yeah, go ahead and uh, uh, how about you uh, introduce our our, our guest? Yeah, we'll go this ahead and uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and uh, uh, bring in uh, Albert Carrado, who is an organizer with People City Council. Uh, also uh, works with me in the inventory office for the Mutual Aid LA project. Uh, just an all around fantastic person to be working with. How are you doing this morning, uh, Albert? I'm I'm good. By the way, uh, Chris, I I don't organize with Latu. I I know a lot oh. of people in Latu, but it's okay. Um, I'd say usually Sorry. no Olympics, uh, people city council, and I'd say I guess technically ground game, right? I mean, I had some weird onboarding call. One of us. One of us. But I'm good. And can I just say though that like I am also tired, stayed out kind of late last night, but I still showed up to the fucking call, <laughs> unlike Richie. So yeah, he, Richie. He's never going to hear up, the Richie? end of it. <laughs> But so, so we wanted to we wanted to talk some council stuff with you because there's some big stuff that went down in council this week. Uh, let's start off by talking about Jose Weizar. He, after two years, was finally arrested by the FBI, and uh, has now lost his privileges to vote on the council. Still gets paid, uh, but I was hoping you could talk about this a little bit in the context of the organizing you're doing with People City Council and with No Olympics because the the. City council is the main target. Like, what do you make of these kind of corruption scandals? Like, how does that affect your organizing? I mean, I think that, you know, what, what we've always said is that, you know, uh, it, especially with uh, the Olympics is like we we know that in 2017 we got, you know, awarded the Olympics um, without any public input. And if the corruption scandal blew up in 2018, then we know that it's been going on for a very long time. And especially with the Olympics, we know that like this Olympic bid is completely illegitimate. You know, it was Garcetti's first thing he wanted to do as soon as he got into office. And so, 
you know, we we know in people's city council as well that how much power city council holds. And and if you look around town, you'll see tons and tons of displacement. And this is all due to uh, corruption. You know, none of these things are legitimate. We we have to call into question pretty much any any sort of thing, any anything that got approved by the by the um, you know whatever that committee, the the land use committee or whatever. Like we have Plum. to. Plum, right. The uh, Planning and Land Use Committee. Is that what it's called, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I think, yeah, we, we know that, that city council holds an immense amount of power. We know that they want nothing. Uh, they want to do nothing more than line their own pockets. And they're, they're going to do it at the, you know, it's going to cost the people of L.A. a lot. It's going to cause more displacement. So I think right now with the eyes of the city on city council and the police commission and all that now is is the best time to kind of really show what the hell why the hell we're on the streets why when when coronavirus hit we still took to the streets and, and wanted to start protesting because this shit doesn't stop just because of a, a you know just because huizar is out we know that john lee is implicated we know current price is still under investigation so you know obviously if it's three out of the 15 you know there's got to be at least two or three more that knew what was going on well, and also Let's like David, out of there. David Rue, as well as I believe current price are, were both on the planning and land use commission voted to approve Weezar's like pet project. And then surprisingly got donations from Weezar's little like influence peddling. But I was hoping you could also talk about where people city council came from before we get into like how this affects housing and stuff. Cause I think the story of how people's city council came together very recently and sort of began stepping up its organizing is really interesting to see how those sort of politics work in this city. Yeah, I mean, so so the story kind of begins on March 27th when it was like they had this emergency meeting, city council. Like, Nuri tried to cancel a bunch of meetings in a row. And through pressure, through, you know, a bunch of activists around town, uh, they held a meeting. And I remember it was like where they gave public comment, but it was in like a tent in Hollywood or something. There's actually a, a really great, there's a really I great video. that. Yeah, there's a great video of Sabrina Johnson of, of K Town for All oh. and, and People City Council. Just no, that was at City Hall. That was at the in the like the atrium outside oh, okay, of it. Okay, I went okay. there and yeah, I recorded Sabrina shouting, and she didn't even notice me because she was so angry. It was it was it, great. It's yeah, try to find that clip. It's so so good. She just tears into them, um, and and yeah, I mean. I, Within a couple of days, a bunch of people had mobilized and just said, like, this is the response that city council is that this is the response is like they, they, this COVID thing broke out. They're trying to shirk their duties. So why don't we just go? You know, we always have a beef with Garcetti, whether it's people, city council or no Olympics. Garcetti is the guy that we pretty much hate the most in the city. Um, and we just kind of, you know, set up a Zoom call like about 40 people showed up to the first one because of COVID. We were there um, in our cars. And as as things kept going, it became more intentional of like who was going to join these protests, who we were going to hit. We started hitting Nuri Martinez. Uh, you know, I live like two miles from Mitchell Farrell, so we went there. Uh, we hit Paul Krikorian in the beginning, and as time went on, we just kind of started to get you know gain more attention and and become like I said more intentional in our actions. And we did like a really big, big May first protest outside of Garcetti's with like mariachis and hundreds of cars and like 100 people on the ground. And and, you know, it just came sort of organically out of just like a bunch of people being pissed. And what what I think what is so great about People City Council is like we are from Latu. We're from Sunrise. We're from No Olympics. We represent this city as a whole because these problems are not just, you know, one organization is not going to fix everything. You know, I mean, we all need to work together. And if you're into housing justice, if you're into racial justice, if you're into, you know, want to ban mega events, if you're into like banning policing or whatever it is like these, this is the time to get involved. And so People City Council is hopefully, you know, we, we want to be the um, 
the voice of the people, but also like try to educate people while also being giant fucking trolls to people online, like to, to elected officials. Like that's part of our, our DNA. Like that we've always gone shit after posting. Yeah, shit, shit posting. posting. Yeah, going after people, tweeting out personal phone numbers. You know, it's just like it's part of the <laughs> it's part of our ethos. What Richie's been banned at least three times for twelve hours at a time because of uh, posting phone numbers. Yeah, he loves that penalty box. He's just he's he's all about it. <laughs> well, so I did I did want to ask. Like we talk about Weezar's corruption, and I think a lot of people when they think about city hall corruption, they're like, whatever, a rich person who was already corrupt got richer. But there's real impacts to this stuff, right? Like, what does Weezar's corruption mean to those of us that live in this city? Yeah, I mean, you know, you think about, like, the, the amount of displacement that, that can take place in a, in a council district because of approved projects and all that. And, and, yeah, to say that, like, and that's the thing, people are always like, oh, like, city council, like, no one cares because it seems like they're ineffectual. And, like, no, they're incredibly effective. They they have so much power. And everybody that's on these subcommittees, whether that's a, you know, homelessness committee or whatever, make huge decisions. And that's why the corruption runs so deep, because it's like, if you're homie that makes cabinets wants to get hooked up and build uh you know if there, there's a thousand unit thing going up like that that obviously makes sense like he's gonna want to build all the fucking cabinets so everyone's kind of like you know helping each other out and and that no one ever really thinks about the human implication of that like the amount of people that have had to been you know driven out and and gone into homelessness or just having to go to the very outskirts of the city to try to like live a decent life and and you know I'm from the valley and I've seen the valley completely change and you know it's it's I never feel like it's it's uh for the good of the people I don't want a fucking chipotle I don't want like this new shit I want, I want to be able to live uh, in an affordable city. And so I think the, the corruption, we, we, you know, we all laugh and, and think it's funny, but also like what Huizar did and what all these people are doing is, is it's, it's causing people a lot of harm. Oh, hundred percent. They were just talking about, uh, there, there was an article that just came out, I think it was yesterday in the LA times about the direct impact that this has in terms of housing affordability, where the, um, the project that was being proposed in the arts district that started out as like a 13 story project, uh, turned into like a 30 something story mega project that was going to be like the tallest, uh, tower in the arts district by far. And they ended up getting away with having like a fraction of the affordability requirement, if any, basically, because they were paying a shitload of money to, uh, Jose Huizar, allegedly. Uh, I mean, it's it's pretty well spelled out in the in the document. I don't know if you saw if court. you saw the bags of full of money. I don't know that it's it's alleged <laughs> anymore. <laughs> well, the thing about cash is that you can't really tell who it was that paid that cash unless you can tie it up with the other uh, documents that you have, like all the fucking texts about uh, Huizar saying, "Where's my cash? Where's my cash? Where's my cash?" But uh, yeah, so the point is that like this, the influence that these committees have over the day-to-day -day governance of what the fuck is going on in the city is absolutely astounding. And it's it's one of those things that I know I for sure did not grasp fully when I first started getting involved in this stuff. And uh, yeah, so like, what was, what was it that was your first, like what pulled you in the first time and made you really realize like the scope of the power that these folks had? Yeah, I mean, I think, um it was just kind of paying attention to the homelessness issue. That's kind of my my first foray into any sort of activism or anything or organizing was through doing outreach. And I just saw how, you know, I, I mean, I was I always knew that that the stereotypes of, of 
whatever, whoever homeless people are, we're, we're bullshit. But I mean, you do see, you hear all these stories about people who like seemingly had, you know, perfectly normal lives and then were forced out onto the street. Um, you know, and, and that was kind of where I realized like, Oh, uh, this guy, Mitchell Farrow, who represents me, cause I, I live in Atwater, uh, is a complete and utter shitbag. Like he is his, his, the way that he votes, his policies, his whole way of being is so completely anti-homeless. And he puts on that fucking fake smile. And that was my first kind of like, oh, this is something. And, you know, I'll admit, like before, you know, 2018 or whatever, I wasn't ever really plugged in. Like, I'm just wasn't someone who really engaged with, with city politics. And now I think it took me a really long time to just see, like, you know, the power that that really is is held in city council. And like, I feel, you know, obviously I, I regret like, oh, I would I, sh I should have gotten in earlier, but whatever. Like I, I am now. And it's, it's weird because I've moved away from uh, L.A. in 2018 and was so fucking over. It. And now to be back and like constantly fighting to make it a better city is a very, very weird feeling. I can get that. So I want to talk a little bit about the people's budget, because one of the the main talking point that's sort of dominating the narrative now is the $150 million that they want to cut from LAPD or that the council's offering to cut from LAPD. And I put cut in quotes there. But people's budget is about more than just defunding LAPD. I was hoping you can talk about what the like broader strategy is. Like outside of defunding the police, what are we trying to accomplish? Yeah, I mean, we're trying to reimagine public safety. You know, no, no one is no one is saying that like we don't need to be safe. That's something that that is just, you know, uh, people are people and, and, and people are going to want to, you know, whatever, cause harm. And, and we need to we need to address that. But I think that the current system that we have right now is completely flawed and completely fucked up. And like the L.A. police union and, and the LAPD love to be like, well, what about if you take away our money? You know, what about this? What about that? Like they don't like poli the, the police here don't do shit like they love to talk about response times. It's like, cool. Have you ever called the police in like a working class neighborhood? Do you know how fucking long it takes them to get there? Right. I mean, it's like it's it's this is such a fucking fallacy. Oh, what about when, you know, someone you love gets raped? Oh, cool. Yeah, because cops are totally cool with like women being raped. Right. They're, they're totally there and, and sympathetic or whatever. But I think that. The broader thing that we need to we need to talk about is is it's not just about defunding the police in in as you know in so much as the budget it's about going after anybody who props cop cops up anybody who supports cops whether that's like USC or UCLA like these giant institutions whether it's you know like in Minneapolis you have like Target giving money to the Minneapolis PD we need to root out all every single avenue that the cops get money from they're always fundraising for like an organization that gets more than fifty percent of the uh, city budget, they're always asking people for money. And I think that we need, you know, our, our job as, as organizers in the people's budget and, and beyond that is to, you know, make 54% look like, what does that look like? Right. It, it, these numbers can, can, can bog people down, but if you've been out in the streets the last few weeks, that's the budget at work. That's tear gas, that's rubber bullets, that's, that's, you know, overtime. That's what the, the budget breaks down to it, it can it can seem a little boring but i think we're, we're engaging people in a way that like this is what your money is going to is shooting an unhoused man in a wheelchair you know with a rubber bullet it's people being tear gas it's it's you know my friend richie being arrested it's all of these things it's not as as dry as you would think it has real world implications and it it's it also means more people dying the more money you give to the lapd to any police force it just means more innocent people are, are going to die. And that's just kind of how it is. 
Yeah, I mean, we had uh, Steve Lopez, who is just wild. Fuck uh, Steve Lopez. <laughs> yeah, so Steve Lopez actually wrote a piece uh, yesterday, um, I believe it was yesterday, about the LAPD and about the moves to defund the police. And clearly he does not understand what defunding the police actually means because he basically says in the article. Such a frustrating he's like, article. He's like, what happens if, if we cut them to 5% like the people's budget proposal says? That would be chaos on the streets. It's like, bro, you did not listen to anything that we were saying. Um, but well, he also, does like, have you have you ever been to Skid Row? Does that seem like a well run, like well organized thing that's going on yeah. there? That's like good for the people stuck there. Yeah. But the the thing the, the thing that he did point out, which was good, was he did take issue with uh, Jamie McBride and uh, uh, Tony McBride, the his daughter. Yeah. Yeah. And and pointing out that, like, having a guy who is like <laughs> one of the most virulently racist uh, horrible cops possible as your like spokesperson in these discussions is probably not a good look for the for the LAPD. But he missed the point that LAPD chose to have him as their representative. Like the officers who are in the union get to vote for who their union leadership is. They voted for that fucking asshole, and that that's who they choose to have as their representative. Which means they're cool with it. It's this. It might be that it is a cultural problem. It might be that it is a toxicity issue that is so core to this issue that you know it's going to take a lot to address. So, our argument in a lot of circumstances here is just say, "Fuck it, let's try the entire thing down and start over from scratch." Because the LAPD is irredeemable. All of these policing infrastructures across this country are irredeemable, and like that. Seeing that article was it was deeply frustrating to me. Like, did, did you get to see that one, Albert? No, but I just think that any, you know, we should never have let Robert Downey Jr. play Steve Lopez because then <laughs> dude just became so fucking full of himself. Like, you just don't don't allow that. Don't. He's like way more. <laughs> RGJ is way more attractive than Steve Lopez. Like, we've given the man a big head and he writes all these like. I mean, the fact that like one of his worst fucking articles was like on the short list for like, was it a, a Pulitzer Prize? Yeah, right. It's, yeah. That, yeah. Like, fuck him. Fuck that. You know, the L.A. Times, for the most part, can eat shit. They they're actively antagonizing the people of the city by printing their dumb fucking bullshit and bowing to every elected official slash, you know, LAPPL. Fuck them. I hate them. Sorry. So I no, no, no. I, I, I wanted to kind of like sort of tie this together because I think what we're sort of pointing at is that L.A. City Council creates a lot of the problems that they then pay LAPD to go out there and solve and that there are better ways for us to go and like spend that money and attack the root of those problems. But at the same time, we have an entrenched power that we're fighting against. How do you think we get, how, how do we like seize the reins? How do we make it so that we're not fighting this fight in 10, 15, 20 years? Honestly, I think, I think, you know, we have to, uh, you know, I, I organize along some people, alongside some people that don't find any value in electoral politics. And I think that that's misguided. I think that if we're, you know, as people city council, we're going to these council members' houses to protest because we know they have a ton of power. So, I mean, I, I, you know, we've all done some work on the Nithya Raman campaign on, you know, on, on this call right here. And um, I know, you know, a lot of people who who love Nithya and, and she's an amazing person. And I, I, I'm going to continue, you know, canvassing for her. But also I think it's it's not only do we need to take it to the streets and use social media as our weapon, we actually need some of our more radical people to be on that council, to be in 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 city government, because really, that's like we if we have, you know, 
two or three or even four like really amazing progressive you know people that can shift the the um you know if if it wasn't just mike bonin trying to you know do a little good here and there if it, if it was a few people like that would be really dope and i think it would shift the balance in the city so i think as with everything as with you know any sort of organizing in the city we need to attack to attack it on all fronts and to say that like electoral politics doesn't mean shit is is just like missing the the entire goddamn point and you know as someone who who maybe has like some some hopes to to run for city council i'm like i just want to tell everyone like see if you're if you live in in the odd number districts in 2022 find people to run or if you think you can do it run and let's fucking you know we need to be out every sing every everywhere on the streets on social media let's fucking hold these people let's run them off social media let's do whatever we can but also like let's let's get in those offices and you know let's let's make our our communities actually a better place cuz none of those people on that that council is completely rotten it's completely rotten i don't get any even mike bonin who i know is like trying to be a good guy or whatever i just like we should just restart put nithia in there let her run every district for for a year or so and we'll see what happens I Eric can just idea. be a figurehead for the rest of his term. Uh, but I want to ask, so like we've seen we've seen things change significantly in terms of public public comment, a lot of it because of the pandemic and people now have to call in, which I think makes it a little bit more accessible. But now that we're seeing hundreds of people calling in to city council for every agenda item, how do we keep that power going? How do we keep engaging people and engage more people? Because we have 12 million people in the county, 4 million people in the city. That's a lot of potential voters. Yeah, I mean, I, that's the question, right? I mean, that there's a lot of attention on everything now. And, like, you know, there's going to be new people to the movement, as always. We're going to add people. I mean, I feel like I've heard from friends that just, like, the influx of people wanting to get into organizing is, is pretty big. But as with everything, there's going to be people who, who drop off. And so I think that's the big question that we all, as organizers, have to ask ourselves. How do we keep people engaged when— when there's not always going to be this like amazing uh, sport of public comment going on. And, and <laughs> I mean, truthfully, I, I don't necessarily, you know, this is probably for, for more experienced organizers to, to answer. But I mean, I think that we, we um, I heard somebody, I think on the LA pod saying like the, the, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, the, the articles were all about slacktivism and how like online activism will never work. And it's like, we're seeing right now that it is, so fucking effective like what we're doing and what we've been able to do with people city council is so fucking effective people are engaged we you know i think it's about educating people but also making it and this is my personal goal as an organizer which with whatever organization i am is making it easy for people to engage with we you know people are coming into organizations that are you know that are a few years old that have people who know each other everyone's got a rapport everyone knows the the you know the the literature or whatever and i think like that's cool but we should also know that like a lot of people are going to be coming into this world like not having not just having a passion for it, but not necessarily knowing um every single thing and that was me that was me nine months ago when i first started showing up to like no olympics meetings and stuff and it was like was a little hard to to crack into and i think right now we need to make it so like you don't have to have a, a lot of experience you don't have to have a degree or or even like a super amount, you know, amount of knowledge. You just like show up and want to learn and just have a passion for what we're talking about. And then what's going to happen too, is you're going to figure out where you actually belong. Like you might show up to like a meeting for like an Olympics or a ground game, but then realize, Oh, I'm more into like tenants union stuff. So I'm going to go to Latu. And I think right now as organizers, it's our duty to, to guide people where they need to go because we are going to have a lot of people who want to organize and the, and 
my hope is that we we show them that there's a home for them, that we don't make it super hard to um, access this stuff. Because I feel like, you know, there there is, as with everything, like a, a level of gatekeeping in, in every sort of thing. And we need to fucking stop that, like in, in every fucking aspect, whether it's comic books or movies or whatever, or organizing, we need to stop the gatekeeping because the more fucking people we have, the more effective we're going to be. That's just what it comes down to. Nice. Uh, and I guess uh, as we're, we're rounding out here, uh, there, uh, we're, we generally, the last thing we do on this is like pickups, things you can go to, things you can do. Uh, the death of your sister, the anniversary of your sister's death is coming up very soon. Uh, and you have some things planned around that. I was wondering if you wanted to talk about that a little bit before, uh, before we wrap out the show. Yeah. Yeah. So my sister Melly was killed in the, uh, at the Silver Lake Trader Joe's in, in 2018. So, uh, we're having the two year anniversary March this year. Last year we had like a kind of a block party sort of thing, but this year, you know, we're being way more aggressive and intentional. Um, and so we are planning a March from kind of the rough plan right now is to go from the Northeast LAPD station on San Fernando. Um, cause the night that my sister was killed, my, my father was taken to that police station to like identify her. And, you know, it, it, it's a place that holds a lot of awful memories for him. So we're going to start our March there. Um, and then we're going to, um, march from there to the Silver Lake, uh, community church to kind of do our speaking portion, right. Do some remembrances, that sort of thing. And then we're going to walk from there to the Silver Lake Trader Joe's and leave flowers and all that. So we're, we're hoping to have a lot of people. Uh, it's going to be like July 19th at 2 PM. We're, you know, it's going to be hot. So we're going to make sure that people are hydrated and all that. And, and I think like, you know, last year it was like, we were the grieving family and, and, and we still are obviously, but I felt like once that was done, we needed to become the advocates for Melly. And then as in, in my organizing, I've, be, I've had to be, you know, an advocate for her. And now with with the conversation centering around police and the, the murder of, of people and all that sort of stuff, I feel like it was appropriate for us to have a march. And we're going to, you know, I think Nithya Raman said she was going to speak. So that's pretty sick. We're, I'm trying to line up like another special guest and I'll be there with my dad and my brother. And, and we're going to. You know, I think we're what we want to accomplish is is keeping Melly's name out there, but also just showing that like this is what happens when you when the police you know kill indiscriminately, where they when they fire um, their guns into a crowded grocery store, is that sometimes it will have the effect of the uh, of of someone waking up and coming after you and bringing all their fucking friends with them, and that's kind of what my goal is: is to bring the homies and show them that like. You know, David Rue, you're fucking out. This is Nithya Raman. Like, everybody, this is the, the we're the future of the city. Everybody, like Huizar and everybody who propped them up and protected them and the LAPD, we're fucking coming for you. And there's nothing you can do about it. And, like, we're going to announce that. And, and that's what we've been doing the last few weeks. So I just want to add the kind of cherry on top is, like, this is what fucking happens. Is like, not every, you know, I I, I grieved for a year and, and didn't do much. And now, like, I'm I'm just, I'm done. And that's it. Like, we're we're here, baby. Uh, can nice. you stand up a little bit and show us that T-shirt real quick? Because that feels appropriate at this point. Yeah, there you go. Uh, just ah. as a side note, you guys, uh, PCC, I know y'all are, are selling those up on your up on your website. We'll include a link to that uh, to the the Squarespace store or whatever the hell it is that you're using. Uh, I'm waiting on my shirt. I've got one of those, and I've also got a uh, fuck Mayor Garcetti or fuck Eric Garcetti. I forget whether it uses his first name or his title. It just says fuck Garcetti. Oh, it fuck does. Garcetti. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. It's even shorter and more to the point, but yeah. Um, and there, no. there's also a, a Dodgers version. There's a Lakers version. Uh, I guess we're just going to have to wait on the Clippers version. Uh, but we'll, you know, we'll see. And uh, yeah, y'all yeah, been... the... Go ahead. 
No, 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 keep going. I was saying we also I want to make the uh, the happy foot. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna put that on the store soon. I, I just we gotta we gotta we're gonna start hosting it because right now like we got the shirts and we now have to fulfill the orders ourselves. So that's like I don't know why people in our org were like yeah let's do that. I'm like next time we're gonna host it on a site so then they can do all this <laughs> shit like fulfilling and all that. But we're gonna yeah we're gonna try to do a few more. There's like a good Space Jam one. There's a Clippers one uh, and the Happy Foot one because I designed that one or did Photoshop to design nice. that one. So I'm really excited because um, I love getting hyper fucking local about LA because I you know I grew up here so. I think there's an L.A. Sparks one as well, which is great. Uh, and yeah, for I mean, LA we Kings. honestly made that one just for Mike Dickerson. That's that's. <laughs> <laughs> we're like he he deserves he deserves like a shirt that that is inspired by him. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, listen, y'all, like, t- right now, I, I mean, I'm talking to people who watch this show, so like, yeah. clearly they're all involved. But tell your friends, man. I have so many friends right now who are like engaging who are calling into to city council to police commission and a lot of my friends you know obviously we're we're affected by melly's death and like you know you sometimes you know a tragedy will mobilize a lot of people and that's what i think we need to realize is that we're we're all you know a lot of people are hurting whether it's about melly or or you know grishario mack or wakisha wilson or whoever we're we're there's a lot of people hurting and we need to use that that pain and that hurt to to do some some good otherwise you know what are we doing yeah in in la county we there are more than 600 names in just the past seven years it is almost humanly impossible to remember all of those names especially because we don't know all of those names if people die inside it's not always publicly listed or announced like there's a lot of darkness that we're digging through to get to the light yeah and if you're homeless and you're in or even maybe homeless like there's that guy that was just shot at the on the rail yards uh like a week ago we don't know anything about him we don't know his name we don't know any information he was just apparently brandishing a knife we don't fucking know he was just shot and we don't know his name we don't know anything about him and this is like our Law enforcement officers are out of fucking control and it is just disgusting. And they just, there is no role for them in keeping our communities safe. And it is incredibly inspiring and powerful to be a part of this and, and seeing this movement grow and seeing so many people getting radicalized, seeing my parents getting on board with this shit. This is <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Apparently NPR uh. fucking through line. Uh, did an art did like a series of podcasts that my parents were listening to uh, where it explained like the history of where policing in this country came from and tying it all together back to the slave catchers like NPR is getting radical yo yeah <laughs> like, shit is changing and yeah so anyway thank you Albert so so much for being here with us today yeah uh, well, listen I, I just want to say like I, I I love the show even before I, I met either of you I was listening to this and so it's cool to be on here and like <laughs> Y'all are doing a good job and, and it's entertaining and I love your dynamic. So I'm, I'm happy to have, uh, you know, to, to I'm, I'm going to listen to this tomorrow and like kind of nitpick everything I said. And like, oh, I should have said something differently. But I, I enjoy what, what y'all do. And, and you know, you've, you've both been uh, pretty inspiring to me as, as a baby organizer. Oh, thank you, Albert. Thank you so much, we, man. We're, we're we all baby hit. organizers in the in the, the scheme of it. You know, and I go to people's action conferences and I meet folks who've been doing this for 30, 40, 50 years. I've been doing this for like three years and change. This is a lifetime commitment, but it's one that you don't ever regret. Like, I don't know anyone who got into community organizing is like, oh, man, I'm just trying to make it to retirement. Like, when you get into this work, it's really 
like it's what gives you life. It's what gets you up every morning because you see it mattering and you see it making the world better for the people that you love and care about. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm so fulfilled. Like, honestly, I'm the most fulfilled I've ever been in my adult life. And that's kind of sad for me to say. But like, I finally found something that is is worth my time. And that like, I don't mind getting up every day and, and doing some work for because it's like, you do and you do see you do see tangible proof that you're helping people. And that for me is like, uh, it's pretty sick. Uh, yeah. no, that's fun. Thank you so much for everything you're doing. And we're gonna have to have Thank you back on here again. Thank for sure. Yeah, 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 of course, of course. Love y'all. Love you. Right. Hey, Chris. So, yeah. uh, what else? What can people get into this week? We've got the ground game Ugh. meeting, obviously, every Thursday at seven thirty. But uh, what else is popping in the city? Oh, uh, there's a whole bunch of shit going off. Um, actually, like right after this, there's going to be a Zoom call that's being hosted by Black Lives Matter to create. It's we're calling it the the People's Public Comment. Uh, and it is an opportunity for folks because like what you were talking about earlier, we've had hundreds of people trying to call in and get to give public comment during these meetings, whether it's budget and finance committee, homelessness and poverty committee, uh, just the general city council meetings, all of that stuff. And unfortunately, a lot of the people who are the most directly impacted by these issues, specifically around police violence and over policing, have not been able to make it through those queues because of any number of reasons, mainly that it's just like a first come first serve random fucking luck of the draw thing. You know, sometimes folks like Richie are able to get in on a pretty regular basis, but a lot of people genuinely struggle to get through that queue. And so uh, specifically communities that that work with um, like Coco and uh, uh, Youth Justice Coalition have really not been able to have their voices heard. So this call that's coming up here from 10 until noon, uh, you can go find it. It's I believe it's peoplesbudgetla.com slash people's comment. And uh, there's there's information there on how to get onto that Zoom call, and we're going to be uh, asking people to you know to speak out and have themselves heard, and then we're going to try to put that together in a meaningful way that we can share it out on social media and and hit council members with it and spread the word about what the fuck is actually going on, get more of those firsthand testimonials out there, and run a counter narrative to the fucking bullshit that we got from some people being like, I call in and you know it's all these white people who are making these comments and they don't represent me and I love the cops and it's just like no you are an absolute like minority of minority of minority voices of people who are in these impacted communities and want more policing. Cause mm-hmm. look around you. That ain't the way it's not fucking working ain't it for everybody. The kids in the schools do not want more cops. Like the parents do not want more cops in those schools. Like Jesus. Um, anyway, so that's happening like now, uh, well in 25 minutes. Uh, yep. And then we've got, uh, like, there's going to be all sorts of stuff happening. Uh, Tuesday is going to be a big day at city council. Uh, they're going to be voting on more budget motions. They're also going to be voting on uh, that proposal to create the unarmed uh, re- response to nonviolent crimes. Uh, it, it's, you know, Wesson's motion is, is, it is what it is. Like it's a step, like yeah. let's, let's get things going with that it, and let's it, push. It's the not bad to have it in the conversation, but Correct. it's not the end goal. No, and that's that's the other thing is like the hundred and fifty million dollars that is being proposed as a as a as a cut to the LAPD, which is really just a it does actually uh, the if it's if the whole hundred and fifty million goes through, then it actually is a, a marginal cut. Like it's like twenty million off of their budget from last year, but it's basically rolling back the increase. And one <laughs> one of the most disgusting things about it was hearing Chief Moore talking about how he's like, nope. We are not going to like even if you guys push us to make these cuts, we're not going to cut any sworn officers like to him. Sworn officer lives are the only ones that fucking matter. And he wants to protect those salaries and protect those pensions. And he doesn't give a fuck about anybody else. Uh, So, yeah, that's going to be happening up on Tuesday. 
uh, there's going to be a lot of stuff going on. Again, city council, if you haven't heard, uh, they go on recess after Thursday and they won't be back until the end of the month. And unfortunately, uh, the budget for L.A. kicks into effect in just four days because council decided not to take effect. Yeah. Uh, And then uh, Wednesday, I think same day, there's probably going to be a Black Lives Matter L.A. protest at the Hall of Injustice. Uh, Generally starts around three, sometimes four p.m. It kind of varies week to week. I think it's three p.m. is the new normal for that. Three p.m. is the new normal. All right. So three p.m. Hall of Injustice, 211 West Temple Street. Get out there. Do solidarity with families and victims of police violence. Mm-hmm. Show the Jackie Lacey and the rest of City Hall that we're not backing down and we're not going anywhere. Uh, also, and I want to flag this, there have been some fire articles dropping on Knockdown LA. So if you get the chance, head over to Knockdown LA. We've got a lot more stuff in the hopper. We have seen an absolute groundswell of people wanting to write, wanting to get active, wanting to pull other people in and explain these issues. We're always looking for writers. You want to write stuff at Knockdown LA? We got space on the website for you. We're also looking at relaunching here in the next couple of months, so get excited for that one. Uh, We've had a bunch of developers and stuff reach out to us to help us with the move, and we're really excited because this is not like, while it's a project of Ground Game LA, we don't really want to take ownership of stuff, right? We don't do this stuff because, like, we want to be the ones hanging Pulitzers on our wall. We want to create this stuff to give everyone else a platform, to pass it along. I, I talk about the theory of the vanishing mediator, and that's one of my big organizing principles. If you've done something right, it's like you haven't done anything at all. We don't want to pretend like, we don't want to be gatekeeping. We want to yeah. be building tools that everyone can use. Remember, the master's house will not be dismantled with the master's tools. This is how we forge our own set of tools. And Albert's written for Knock and done some amazing fucking work on there. I was going to say, they've, they've even let me write on that website. So <laughs> We have very low standards. <laughs> yeah. No, Albert, your piece on there was amazing, and I cannot recommend it enough to people. Um, but yeah, like uh, the editorial staff that we've got, um, staff, the editorial volunteers that we've got for Knock.LA are amazing and doing a, a fantastic job. We've got uh, new new branding, new new website proposal uh, coming up. Hopefully we'll get off of Medium here at some point, make it easier for us to be linking stuff like what we're doing right now into that f- whole feed and system and all of that. But uh, yeah, come and help us, help us do more of this. We are fun, I think. Uh, we're <laughs> I, I, I oh, enjoy hanging it. out with all y'all. Uh, and like this is this is incredibly important work. It's deeply fulfilling, as Albert was saying. Uh, and there is plenty of room for everybody to hop on board. So uh, come out and join us again. We 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 haven't mentioned it yet, but of course the Thursday uh, ground game meeting is going to be happening as usual from 7:30 till like nine ish, uh, as we always do. If you want to get involved in that, hit us up on social media. You know how to find us by now. Um, and yeah, just uh, also wanted to quickly point out again uh, this Wednesday. Ground Game Live is not going to be happening. We're taking a, a week off to discuss uh, what's going on with our show and like make some plans for how we move forward as we're really getting into the groove of it all. And then also, I bel- all, also it's Independence Day, so we're going to be taking yeah. a break off like all of our media <laughs> stuff because like yes, we're, Chris and I do a lot of work around this, especially Chris doing a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. So we're giving everyone a little bit of a break uh, to commiserate over the birth of this nation. Yeah. Well, we might do a podcast. Who knows? Uh, probably not. Maybe. Eh, Follow whatever. me on Twitter, too, by the way. I forgot to mention. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> At Digital Earn. I, I try to be kind of funny, maybe. I don't know. You're funny. You're definitely funny. 
uh, and it's really fun watching like Richie uh, bro out over all of your comments. Um, but yes, the uh, so <laughs> as always, if y'all have any events that you want us to be taking part in publicizing or just being made aware of, please send us a message. You can reach us through the Ground Game LA Facebook page. You can find us on at Ground Game LA for Twitter, Instagram, all that shit. Uh, at Christopher Roth for if you want to DM me, at Bushido Squirrel if you want to hit up Bushido, uh, at Digital Earn if you want to chat with Albert or follow along because he is genuinely funny on Twitter, uh, much better than I am. Uh, I'm just raging, like getting into more and more all caps tweets, and I'm not happy about it, but at the same time, holy shit, I am so mad. Um, yeah. Yeah, so this podcast and every Ground Game podcast uh, and everything else we do is a production of Knock.LA. You can support our work over on Patreon at patreon.com slash knock underscore LA. Of course, check the description of this podcast for sources, links to action, and social media links. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Albert, for hopping on with us so early in the morning. Fuck you, Thank Richie, you. for sleeping through it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Richie, what the fuck? <laughs> And thank you, Bushido, as always, for uh, being my partner in crime on all of this. Uh, got anything else to close us out with? Yeah. So since we're heading into uh, or heading towards Independence Day, in the words of Malcolm X, uh, we didn't land on Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock landed on us. Stay safe out there, y'all. Um, thank you very much, everybody.